This is the Fathering Project podcast, Figuring It Out Together, where we tackle many challenges facing dads and father figures and explore fathering across all ages, from newborns to toddlers, school age and teenagers. We speak with experts in their fields to help you navigate solutions and positive outcomes for each stage of your fathering journey. Let's figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Fathering Project podcast. Kathy Gapayar here and joining me tonight to help us wrap up the series on raising toddlers is Dr. Jennifer St. George. Dr. St. George is the leader of the Fathers and Families Research Program, which focuses on fathers, families and their children. The central research stream aims to identify and explain the extent and impact of fathers play on children zero to five years. She's also the investigator in the SMS for Dads projects that's rolling out in New South Wales and now across Australia. She advocates for fathers and families more generally as the University of Newcastle Senior Lecturer in Family Studies and has more than a decade of experience in teaching at a tertiary level. To date, Jennifer has published 30 peer-reviewed papers and contributed to Commonwealth Commission reviews. She's also a member of the iDads International Dialogue About Dads group and the Australian Fatherhood Research Consortium. Her most recent publications include Quality and Quantity, Study of Father-Toddler Rough and Tumble Play, and Fathers Raising Children on the Autism Spectrum, Lower Stress and Higher Self-Efficacy. Jennifer, welcome. We are thrilled to have you with us tonight. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Cathy. Now, before we get started, Jennifer, it's traditional to ask what you are cooking for dinner tonight. Are you the one who's generally in the kitchen cooking? I'm certainly the one in the kitchen doing the cooking, but I'm a bit of a bricoleur. So I'll look in the fridge at about five to six and think, well, what's the protein? What's the vegetable and what's the carbohydrate for tonight? And try and pick out what goes with what uh, in um, a fairly relaxed manner. Fantastic. So what have you got planned for tonight? Do you think you've so got tonight? It looks like cottage cheese pastry and some zucchini. So <laughs> mixed with garlic okay. and oregano, that should go well. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think I'll be doing a bit of that as well. Just figuring out what it is, putting it in a sentence on Google and finding a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Point. I think we've got um, spaghetti bolognese tonight. So <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be lovely. Um, Friday nights are always great. Jennifer, um, you aim to shine a light on fatherhood and its influence on positive early child development. And you say that the first thousand days of a child's life is a window of opportunity. In what way is a father's role different to a mother's during these key developmental years? Yes, Katie, the first thing I would say is actually mothers and fathers are more the same rather than different. The curious thing about parenting is that at this transition time there's just the one birth mother but both mum and dad become parents and so dad is not just a support partner as many services and publications and websites would have people think he's become a parent too and so he's also got the same responsibility as mum to meet the infant's needs And that's about providing safety and security and sensitivity. And it's this balance of safety and stimulation. And so what a lot of the research says, and especially from from the 80s onwards, uh, there was this feeling that dads did something different to mums. 
But why it looks different in these early years is that mum generally has more time with the bub. And she's got more time doing things that are really important to the child's survival. There's nappies and there's feeding and so on. And so dad tends to come in, and certainly in the older, uh, in the decades ago, and, and perhaps less now, dad tends to come in more when the baby's ready to play and explore the world and has had its needs met. And so um, that's when dad has been seen to be a playmate and a playful um, interactant with the child. And, and so um, we know that what that contributes, of course, is... Um, going to contribute to the relationship and to the baby's development. So it's different and it's the same because babies will develop a secure attachment with both parents. It's not gender that determines that attachment relationship. It's the quality of the interactions. Yes, both have um, very unique and wonderful um, impact on the child's life, um, even from birth, as you're saying. Jennifer, we're seeing many positive changes in society recognising the unique and critical role a father has in a child's life. Oftentimes, a lot of focus is put on the mother and child interactions during the early years. Do you have some tips for fathers on how they can connect and engage with their toddlers? Yes, Katty. And what's really important is for dads to know just a little bit about how children grow and especially their self-control. And here I am thinking about children controlling their impulses and, and being able to pay attention and being able to control their emotions. So when we as adults know a little bit about that and how long that takes to develop and what it looks like in young children, then we're beginning able to be respond a bit more um, sensibly in terms of our own emotions and responses to these, um, to children's needs and, and um perhaps unreasonable needs at different times. So it's important to know uh, a bit about how children grow. And it's really important to know a lot about your own child. So when dads can spend time with their kids to get to understand, you know, what's their child interested in or what frightens them and how do they react to difficulty, for example, when things are hard, um, how easily distracted are they? Or how much stronger are they getting? What's their mobility like? And so as dad gets to know about the child, then the interactions with the um, children become closer and more attuned to the child's needs. And so um, what's important for all of us to understand is that because children are just learning over really the first seven to 10 years of their life from, from day one is about uh, controlling their behavior or learning to regulate their behavior. So that behavior is a communication with us. And so when the children challenge us, it's something they're wanting to tell us. They can't tell us in words, they can't reason or plan and solve problems yet, but um, they're telling us that something's not being met. And so they're dealing with these big feelings and they need us as big adults to stay calm and collected and help them um, learn about these things. And so a lot of uh, the interactions that dad can do with uh, connect to connect with their children is about doing things, whether it's um, physical play together, whether it's doing tasks together, whether it's talking and playing. It's this idea of talk and touch and act. And 
what's really good about mums and dads and dads in particular getting to learn to uh, their child is that dads will learn a lot themselves. So um, they'll get this idea of um, pleasure and joy from the children's um, successes and failures. And um, they too, as they become immersed in games of blocks or uh, building bikes together, is um, they too will get this experience of concentration and flow. And there's that sense when you're with children too of sort of spontaneity and living in the moment and, and laughter and lightness. And so the effect of all these interactions with your child is going to help you feel just a little bit better at being a parent, feel more confident in how to um, be with your child and just um, help you be um, the best parent you can be. Fantastic. Um, and you've done a lot of research on fathers participating in rough and tumble play. Obviously, they've got to know their kids, as you were just explaining to us. But um, what and the, and the positive benefits of rough and tumble play. Can you explain to our listeners a bit more about this? What does the evidence say? So rough and tumble in its pure sense is good for children. So what uh, is rough and tumble play? It's a competitive and cooperative, physically active, big body sort of tussling play, if you like. And it's um, a play that really makes sense when children are sort of about three uh, years of age and um, they love it until about seven or so. Um, and rough and tumble in this sort of cooperative and competitive way happens when children are just old enough to understand humour and teasing and challenge. And um, when they can just starting to understand other people's emotions and, um, and how to behave around people. And so what we find is that this form of play where children challenge dad and dad challenges the child and dad might self-handicap himself to let the child win for a little while um, and the child has to kind of test out how strong dad really is and what does dad really mean in terms of um, I'm going to get you or you can't get me and so um, the child will learn through that play to better understand other people and of course like all situations the child needs to be ready and safe to play so again it doesn't need um, is not tired, is feeling kind of not stressed out. There's a bit of space to play. There's maybe sort of soft ground so that um, tumbling and wrestling on the floor in this sort of competitive way is um, going to be safe. And what constitutes this quality rough and tumble play for toddlers in terms of the positive benefits cognitively, socially and emotionally? You just mentioned collaborative and competitive, which mm -hmm. are wonderful um, in how they interact with each other. Is that what quality is for it to be both collaborative and competitive? Yeah, that's right, Catty. What we've uh, determined with rough and tumble play is that really it's not an innate behaviour. Most of us have to learn how to play well. So it's curious really that the whole rough and tumble um, sort of study area actually comes from people's studies of rats and dolphins and other mammals um, 
And it's about, and what they discovered in those studies was that those animals used rough and tumble play as a way to learn um, to be with other people, with other uh, mates. And so it was a, a way of um, practicing their skills and uh, of practicing getting on with other rats or getting on with other dolphins. And so um, in the human population, of course, we, we're, we're different. We've got a, a different brain, haven't we? And so um, this form of play is not necessarily innate, but it's something we do enjoy because we are social, we are playful, we are physical, and um, we all have this period of needing to learn how to get on with people. And so um, the cooperation and the competitiveness in the play is just particularly helpful to learn these things about yourself and about your partners. And so um, quality rough and tumble play will have boundaries. Mum or dad will set, um, set some rules, just a few like no hitting or punching or kicking, for example. Um, rough and tumble play also has um, the big person uh, self-handicapping at times. They need to let the child win just every now and then so that there's this sense of, in the child's mind, this fantasy of beating dad or you know, getting the giant actually comes true because then that's a sense of... Um, that, that'll contribute to the child's uh, just feelings about himself and making things happen. Um, and what's really important about uh, rough and tumble play is that it's mutual. It's a mutual enjoyment. If someone doesn't want to play, then it's over. And um, parents or mums and dads spend, uh, it, what's important for them is to help the child regulate the highs and lows of the play. And it's really helpful to have a wind down sort of exit strategy so that um, mums and dads know how to help children cool down after an exciting play like that. That's a very, um, that's a very good one, the cool down. I hadn't thought about yeah. that one. And in terms of gender, do the impacts differ between girls and boys when fathers engage in rough and tumble play? In general, no. There's really not a difference that we've determined in research per se that um, distinguishes different impacts of rough and tumble play on girls and boys. What we can say is that probably the rough and tumble play might look a bit different between um, dads and girls, dads and their daughters, between dads and their sons. But it's not always the case. So it's a bit tricky to generalise there. You don't, in fact, you wouldn't want to generalise. But um, because you also get mums playing rough and tumble play and dads not wanting to. So that kind of goes back to where I was talking about before that we sort of learn to play that. And we've talked to quite a few mums and dads and families where mum will say, well, actually, my husband doesn't play, but I do. My dad did it with me. I do it with the kids now. And uh, that's how it works. So um, it could also be gentle and tumble play so that it, it fits the child or it fits the parents so that there's this sense of there is the big body contact, there is the touch, um, there is this mutual playfulness happening together, but it's just at the level of physicality that suits that child. Very important point there. In your opinion and based on your research, when is the best time to introduce rough and tumble play? And can, can you give us some examples of how, how fathers can start to implement this in the first one to three years? Yes. It's a... It's a picture, isn't it? You think about rough and tumble play and your one-day-old infant and you think, how did these things go together? 
So what we see when we look at what we might call rough and tumble play or the precursors of rough and tumble play is that um, physical play with infants. So it might be fingers, arms, legs. Uh, it's about space and movement. And so um, just imagine um, how you might interact with a, a very young baby who you've got to be very careful with. So then that's the delicate touch and it's, but it's physical, it's playful. And over time, you know, the child develops locomotor skills, can move around. So it might be more flying, bouncing and lifting. It might be a little bit more vigorous depending on the child. And then we see as a child really is starting to run, um, we see uh, 18 months old being chased by dads and there's this sense of challenge. Um, but all, all the time, what um, dad needs to be aware of is helping the child regulate the highs and lows of that really exciting play. And that's what gets the child excited is not only the physicalness, but the joy of being with that parent and then the joy of challenging themselves and how far can I go and just that exhilaration of doing something that did seem a little bit scary. And so that's why we think there's this benefit emotionally and socially for children when this play is of, like we say, good quality, it's happy, it's got boundaries and it's safe. Wonderful. We knew fathers playing with their children was important, uh, but you've definitely shone a light on just how critical it is for social and emotional development in the early years. Um, thank you so much, Jennifer. Um, you've provided us with some great insight around this, and I'm sure all the dads listening will be scheduling some extra time now to start taking part in more rough and tumble play, as suits their child, of course, as you said, <laughs> with some rules as well. Um, to learn more about Dr. St. George and her work, you can visit the Fathering Channel listeners. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us and providing us with your expert knowledge, and we hope to have you back with us soon. Enjoy your dinner tonight. Thank you, Katty.